My loving pranams at the lotus feet of our beloved Lord, Sairam brothers and sisters. Om is the eternal sound that comes from the Parabrahman. Om is the sound of creation, and all other sounds come from the eternal Om. You rightly heard, as Brother had said, that Om must be chanted slowly, sweetly, as if it is going up, it is peaking, and then it comes back down. In Prashanti Nilayam, Omkar is chanted 21 times per day at Swami's request. It is part of the sadhana that is done there. And many Sai centers and many Sai devotees also incorporate this practice into their own uh, activities. The reason we chant Omkar like this is very simple. It helps us, it helps to remind ourselves of the truth, right? It helps to remind ourselves of what we are, which is what? What are we? Who are we? God. Where did we come from? Where are we going? What is all of this? Ah, done. Finished. (laughs) There's nothing else. There's nothing else. It reminds us of all of these things, as do all of the spiritual practices that we do. That's why we chant. There are some secondary benefits as well, which Swami has also uh, enumerated upon. One of those, he said, in this particular occasion, he had one of the students get up and talk about the benefits of chanting Omkar 21 times, as Swami had recently explained to the boys. And so this boy stood up, and this is the gist of what he says. When we chant Omkar 21 times, the very first five times are for the, there's a series of five, there's 20, and it's broken up into four categories. We chant first for the five vayus, the five vital airs in the body. Actually, there are ten. There are dasha vayus. There are the five major and the five minor. And we're chanting to strengthen and energize the, and nourish the five major vayus or vital breaths within the body. They are called prana, apana, the inward and outward going breaths. Without prana and apana, there's no breath. Without no breath, you go upstairs. There is Udana, which is the vital air that has to do with expelling the things that are no longer needed from the body, sweat uh, and the excretory organs. There is Samana, which is the fire that stokes the digestive fire. It's the Vyana, it's the, I'm sorry, it is the uh, Vayu that stokes the digestive fire. So whatever you take in as food is burnt and the energy or the nourishment consumed. And then there is Vyana, which takes that energy, that nourishment, and then distributes it throughout your entire body, where in Ayurveda it becomes ohas or ojas, that is the the nourishing aspect of the food. So these are the pancha vayus. The other five minor vayus are not important, they're not relevant for this discussion, so we'll leave them aside. Then we have the senses. The senses are actually ten, In Western tradition, we typically count these as being the five senses which we're all familiar with, such as sight, hearing, the sense of smell, the sense of taste, and so forth. We nourish each of these senses by chanting Om for each one. And we'll start from the grosser senses and go to the more subtler sense. The sense of smell is associated with the element or the Buddha of earth, 
I'm going to get a little bit technical here because I know there's some people who will really be interested in this and some people who will be like, what is he talking about? So I'll try to meet both groups here. The sense of smell is associated with the element earth. Then we go to the sense of taste, which is associated with the element of water or jal. Then we nourish the sense of sight, the sense of sight, which is associated with agni, fire, which gives form. Then we nourish the sense of hearing, which is associated with the element vayu, or wind. Wind is what makes noise, and that's, I'm sorry, uh, vayu is feeling, I'm sorry. So after nourishing sight, we nourish the sense of touch, so that becomes vayu which is what we feel. We feel the wind, right? We feel the wind on our skin and so forth. Lastly, we nourish the sense of hearing, which is associated with akasha or ether. Akasha is from which, akasha means from which all comes. Prakasha means from which everything comes. The omkar comes from that. Omkar gives rise to everything else. So once we nourish the five outer senses, the five what we call jnanindriyas, the senses that give us nourishment or the senses that give us information or inter intelligence or wisdom. Then we nourish the karmindriyas, the five senses of action, the five organs of action. And they are the sense of, uh, or rather the instrument of the tongue, which is used for speaking and eating. They are the arms with, with which we do our work. They are the legs, which take us around from place to place and support us in our work. They are the uh, organs of reproduction and the organs of excretion. All of these must be nourished in turn by Om. Once we have finished with the five values and the five senses of wisdom, then the five senses of action, we go to the five koshas, the sheaths that surround all of us. When we are born, most of us will identify with our physical body. As a baby, nothing works. We try to speak, but all comes out as babble. We try to move, but our arms and hands aren't doing anything. Uh, we are still associated with the anamaya kosha, the uh, sheath associated with food, with the physical body. As we grow up, we start to think we start to uh, develop a sense of, of self and we were able to develop our intelligence. That is the uh, manomaya kosha, the kosha, the sheath of the mind. Then as we grow further still, we realize that there's probably a little bit more. Most people tend to stay at these two levels of the body. But for those who go further, then they can continue. Then they get to the pranamaya kosha, the kosha of prana, P-R-A-N-A, -A, prana. This is the organ of, of the vital life force, the sheath, rather, of the vital life force, which is so important for life. Again, most people tend to stop here. Then, after that, even more subtle than this, is the, the vidyanamaya kosha, the kosha of wisdom. This is where people who are on the spiritual path uh, start, and many of them get stuck. They say, wisdom, that is all there is. I am wisdom, I know so much, la 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 la, and they get stuck there. And then there are a few who go further still, to the most subtlest sheath, and that is the Anandamaya Kosha, 
the kosha of bliss, the sheath of bliss. And these are the aspirants who say, all is bliss. I am bliss. Everything is bliss. Everything is satchitananda. Everything is ananda all the time. And they get stuck there too. You have to go beyond all of these koshas. You have to go beyond name and form. You have to go beyond beginning and end to that which is eternal, which is the 21st Om, which is for the Atma, the soul. The Jivatma, which is the individual soul, is no different from the Paramatma, which is the oversoul. They're both one and the same. So by chanting the Omkar 21 times, you're nourishing each of these different parts of yourself. Let's put it this way. When you take a shower, you don't just put your hand in the shower and then leave the rest of your body outside, right? You go and you wash and you clean the whole part of you. And so also, through the chanting of Omkara 21 times in this way, we are nourishing each of these different aspects of our physical incarnation. That's the purpose. Now, after this boy spoke like this, Swami then added something different. He said, there is one other reason. When you chant Omkar 21 times, it creates above your head the divine instrument, the divine weapon called the Sudarshan Chakra. And it stays above your head and it protects you for the remainder of the day. So this is an additional benefit from chanting Omkar 21 times. I do this practice every day. And so I'll show you how it's done. It's very simple and it hardly takes about five or 10 minutes maximum. Om, as you heard, has three parts, but there are actually four syllables. There's three syllables, excuse me, three syllables and four parts. It is broken up into three syllables, akara, ukara, and makara. Again, I'm staying a little technical here because I know that there are members in the audience who wish to know the more uh, finer aspects or the finer details. Akara, Swami says, the that, Swami says, is for spiritual success, for spiritual success. Ukara is a second syllable. That is for worldly success. And makara, M-A-K-A-R-A, is the third syllable. This is for merging with God. The fourth aspect of Om is the silence which follows each Om. So when we chant, we chant Om. And then silence. That silence is God. You don't have to say, it's not necessary to say, you don't have to do it like that. You can combine the A and the U together, but don't make it O. Don't make it a straight O. Make it a O.
like this. Okay, so slightly different. The a and the m, the akara and the makara, should be equal in duration. Swami says the ukara can be short, unless you want to focus on a particular aspect. You can actually, if you really want worldly success, let's say, then you can chant in a way that emphasizes the u sound. But for most of us on the spiritual path, while worldly success is important, it's part of the game. We're focusing on self-realization because when you are self-realized, you've won the game. Game is done. So we typically focus on this way. Let's chant together each syllable separately, and then if you can play the harmonium for us, we'll just chant the akara sound, and then we'll stop. Incidentally, incidentally, the akara, the a, a sound, is the bijakshad mantra, the root syllable for the sahasrara chakra, the chakra at the top of the head. You see how everything is related. Simple, no? Everything is related. Simple. So when we chant the a, we're actually stimulating the crown chakra, the sahasrara chakra. The U sound, the U sound doesn't have a syllable corresponding with any of the chakras. As I said, it's for worldly success, and we tend to keep it briefer compared to the other syllables. Let's chant that now together. And then the third syllable is the makara, the M sound. Now, when we chant this part, there's a certain way to chant it. There's a certain type of meditation. Some of you may have heard about it. It is called brahmari meditation. Brahmari is like the sound that a bumblebee makes, you know, bzzz, like that. That's brahmari meditation. And when you do this brahmari meditation properly, what happens is that you set up a vibration, a physical vibration in your sinuses and your upper face, and that stimulates some of the smaller chakras that are there that can help in our spiritual development. This brahmari meditation is very fun. It's very nice. And so I'll show you how to do it now because it's an essential part of the omkara chanting. So let me demonstrate first, and then we're going to try it. And I want you to focus on making the upper part of your face and sinuses vibrate as you do this. I'll demonstrate once, shortly. Now what I did when I start is I find the position of my jaw, 
I find where my jaw needs to be. I find where my pitch or swara needs to be. I find where I can maximize my voice, my modulation, the modulation of my tone of the voice, so that it maximizes this resonance, this vibration here in the face. This is Brahmari meditation. It's the last part of the Omkara. It's often missed by many uh, devotees. So let's do this again now. Let's do this together. We'll do this a few times because it'll take a little bit of practice. But it's very fun. Let's start. Some of you feel it? Yeah? Let's do it again because not all of you got it. Let's do it once more. Focus on this. This vibration should come from your face. Okay? Let's do that again. Brahmari meditation. It's very fun. It's actually a very pleasant sensation. And it helps to uh, clear up a lot of the uh, debris that we pick up, especially from the facial and head area. It's a very good meditation to do. We do it maybe for a minute or so once in a while, whenever we feel we've picked up uh, things in this area. Now, when you chant Omkar, there's actually a, a flow for the sound as it goes through your body. It starts at the navel, the level of the navel, from the back, your belly button, from your back of your spine. And as you chant Om, the ah sound, you chant Oh, bringing that energy up to the top of your head. And as it comes to the top of your head, you change Om. completing a circuit at your navel, again, where it started. So it's like a circle. So we start with O at the back of the spine, at the level of the navel. We go O, then we go to U at the top, and then we come down M. The A and the U should be the same duration. So let's try this now. Now, if you run out of breath towards the end, don't panic, don't become cyanotic and turn blue. Just breathe naturally as you need to. It'll come with practice. Let's do this three times now. We'll do it 21 times, but let's do it three times now. When you do this, I want you to go back to what we had discussed earlier, praying and chanting as if, not as if you're praying to someone else, Right? Swami is only you, another part of you. You are another part of Swami. Everything, everything, everything is a part of yourself. The eternal, omnipresent Sai. Omkar must come as if you're chanting from the source of all creation and allowing that Om to animate from you. This is what we'll do now. Let's do this three times together.
stop 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 no no not getting it the silence must also come from you the silence must also emanate from you okay it's important you're not just chanting the silence comes from the parabrahman the silence comes from god that silence must come from you okay now got it let's do it again three times difference when you chant in this way. Now we're going to add another step. There are layers upon layers upon layers of practice for everything that we do. In this next step, we're going to take the O, the Akara, that is creation. Then we will take the Ukara, the U sound, that is preservation. Then we will take the M sound, the Makara, that is dissolution, where everything goes back into the self. And then we will be silent, which is the God self. That's the next layer of practice. Let's do that now three times. So akara, we are creating. Ukara, we are preserving, sustaining. Makara, we are destroying. We are dissolving everything back into ourself. And then there is nothing but the silence of the self. Let's do that three times, please. This is practice. This is spiritual practice. Learning, reviewing, practicing, inquiry, reviewing, practicing again until you get it just right. 
And then once you get that layer of practice, then you add on the next layer of practice. Remember, self-realization is endless. It goes on and on and on. Sadhana, too, is also endless. Once Swami was asked, Swami, for how long should we do our sadhana? And Swami's response was, for as long as you are breathing, you must continue your sadhana. Why? Because the moment you stop, Maya will come, and like a wolf clutches, clutches its prey in its jaws, it will catch you, and it will show no mercy. Maya is a very jealous goddess. Now let's do Omkar 21 times. Don't worry if you can't remember which vayu, which sense, which whatever. Just set your intention to Swami inside that let all of these parts of my physical incarnation be nourished through the chanting of Omkar. What I want you to focus on is these three parts. Creation, sustenance, and dissolution, and silence. And allow each Om to come from the God self, that highest part of yourself, the Swami self, that you are. If you prefer, you can even feel that Swami is inside of you chanting the Om for you. Okay, shall we do that? Everyone ready? We will do this 21 times and then we will end and then silently we can all leave the hall. Maybe higher uh, uh, sound pitch for the Om Karam. Shall we? Okay. 21 times.
शांति शांति शांति